Over the last week, the polling has been abysmal for the Democrats. As the data rolls in, it indicates that we are going to have a red tsunami in November. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, just a few weeks ago, or a little bit more than a few weeks ago, we talked about how the red wave was potentially turning blue due to the issue of abortion. But it seems like the Republicans have done better in how they respond to the questions in the most recent debates. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about whether or not we believe these current numbers will hold going into the midterms and what they mean for the overall results. Then we're going to talk about an article from USA Today where it talks about the soaring costs of living, renting, mortgages because of interest rates, but predominantly renting aspect and how those people that are currently renting have lost faith in the system, or so they say. And then we're briefly going to discuss some developing articles. We don't know how true it is. It's sort of more so in the realm of rumor that Biden is considering putting a halt to Elon Musk's Twitter takeover due to national security reasons, which if that is indeed the case, would mean that we are in a communist nation. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, you can go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So lots of uh, interesting things to cover. We've been covering the the midterms. Uh, We've been documenting it better than the mainstream media. We've been giving you perspectives that you're not going to find anywhere else. And in this week's episode, it's not going to be any different because we are, what is it, two weeks away from the midterms. And um, it's almost time. It's it's almost time. So we're going to see how much of the things that we've said will, will if our predictions are right, the things that we said come to fruition, um, it's going to be interesting. And now if, if you notice, we have changed as the information has come in but that's what any good commentator does that's what any good analyst does that's what any good journalist does they change with the change of information that's one of the things it's a little bit off topic but that's one of the things that i think ron DeSantis, as a governor is so great as as with the virus when information came in and it starts to develop 
he yeah. treated his state according versus everybody else wanted to keep their state locked down permanently. Forever. So that is the way that we operate here. We operate in a way and in a capacity where we filter the information and then we disseminate it according to how it's coming in. Yeah. And it's important to say that and preface this particular segment with that because some weeks ago we were talking about the blue the red wave potentially turning blue now it's not looking like that and the topic of abortion the issue of it it seems like it's very much fizzled out what do you think is the main contributing factor to the shift in the numbers um i think well when we did that episode i think uh it showed, first of all, like you said, we keep it real. And as the audience, we'd be doing you a disservice to tell you, oh, hey, everything's going to be a red wave. And then there isn't, first of all. Uh, so being uh, honest, you know, is important. And I think we've done a good job. I think it's fizzled out um, because the reality of everyday living far outweighs a very niche issue you know because like it is more of a female issue first of all and even women are divided on where they stand with that what about those white knight beta cucks that were <laughs> that were <laughs> the, i picture you saying that and then them being like in the corner like what about us <laughs> um I because think, Raphael Warnock on the on the debate stage with Herschel Walker said that women woke up one summer morning and a right that they've had was stripped away from them. And I trust women. I think women should make the decision. It was like the most white knight beta cuck thing to say <clears throat> on a debate stage. Yeah. Whereas Herschel Walker was on some man shit saying, well, you're saying that it's just the woman... And the doctor in that that uh, doctor's room, but there's also a baby there. Yeah, that's, so, that's true. But they do exist, and I would even say that they're more they're a far more dangerous voter than than the women. Yeah, voters. because because Tim Ryan pretty much believes what Raphael Warnock believes. Raphael Warnock, Mark Kelly, John Fetterman. Yeah. Actually, the other day on MSNBC. John Fetterman was asked, and he pretty much said he doesn't believe in any limits, which we're going to talk about yeah. in, in, in this particular segment. It does seem like the Democrats are losing favorability because they do the, the, the Republicans are doing a good job of portraying them as too extreme on the issue. Yes, not only that, but like they stand on something. Whereas these people, they won't stand on they anything. Won't, they won't, oh, yeah. Whatever you guys want. Whatever like you guys the, want. In, in the debate with Marco Rubio, Val Demings, she said, well, until the uh, Marco Rubio, and, and, is, and I like this because he challenged the moderator. He's like, you're asking me what I believe in. He's like, but you won't ask her. And, and the moderator never did. For the record, the moderator never asked Val Demings what limits she supports. 
it was Marco Rubio, and, and she only responded in responding to what Marco Rubio said, but the moderator himself never asked that, which if you are being fair, you should ask that to both candidates. That's another thing, by the way, that you're pointing out, that the Republicans have done a good job in the debate, is they, they're just coming at it not scared. And right. like on like, they don't give a fuck. That's the spirit yeah. of Trump infused in the party. Yeah, like they've they've learned over time and they've realized that that's a good approach. Yeah. That's a good tactic. And you really like you really control the room with that aura, like you do. And, and you know what's funny about that? And I know we're kind of getting into a lot of different areas, but this is an important topic. What's funny about that is I don't know if you remember the debate with Trump, the first debate with Trump and Biden, and a lot of Americanized people, a lot of the white Americans, a lot of women felt like Trump was too um, too aggressive. Yeah. But then remember that Univision poll that came out and like the... Amongst Latinos, they thought that like he did amazing. Yeah, because I of that, that attitude. I forgot about that. And, and what's what's interesting about that is like I I you're seeing which these are the numbers that we're talking about in this segment. You're seeing a huge surge with Latino voters going to the Republican side. So I'm wondering if that is something that's speaking to like the way that they talk, their code because you know. Latino people were animated when we talked. Yeah. So it's one of those things that they probably like the fact that J.D. Vance is willing to tell uh, 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 Tim Ryan, you know, that 10-year-old girl that was raped, that was your fault because you didn't secure the voter, the, the border versus the, the Romney-Paul Ryan approach of, oh, well, you know... Uh, yeah, uh, you 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 can't you can't punch down, you and, know. Yeah, and the guy who broke through that whole thing was Trump because, yeah, exactly. like, uh, supposedly, you're supposed to do. You're the most racist president of all time. So how did you do better with Latinos than how many presidents, Republican presidents before you? How did you do better with black voters, with all these Republican presidents before you? Like, you're, if you're the most racist motherfucker, like, how did this still, how did your message still get through and how did you get people to vote more for you? Exactly. I mean, you still lost the demographic. Like, you still, but it's, you gained in voters. Like, it's, it's crazy. According to, M, to NBC, Florida Democrats fretting over Republican Governor Ron DeSantis' popularity among Latinos saying they are boosting his chances of becoming the first Republican governor in 20 years to win the traditionally blue Miami-Dade County. So in 20, the first governor in 20 years, because granted, Florida has been red as of recent, but not because of Miami-Dade County. Yeah, yeah, no. So no. the idea that he could win Miami-Dade County or the fact that they're, even, that they're even scared about that that shows a huge shift. Yeah. Now, quick question, because I didn't actually get and to you watch. And you and I, we, yeah. we, we, not that long ago, we, me, you, and Vince, we were in Miami, which is the Miami-Dade County. Yeah. Well, we were in, we went to Fort Lauderdale, but we, we drove to yeah. Miami. Yep. And it's a leftist place. Like, you know, there, there's a segment of Cubans there that, that vote, that, that, that vote conservatively, but the vibe of it is yeah. a left, it's a left 
left yeah. vibe there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I wanted to ask this question because I didn't get to watch the debate. You told me he did he did phenomenal. Yeah. Did you notice a difference in his debating from the primaries, like yeah, versus Trump, heading into now? He did he learn? He uh, he learned, and and you could tell that he's setting himself up. Either, I think he feels like there's potential to be able to run in the future or maybe get like a secretary of state spot or, or something like that. He'd be uh, good for it too. Uh, yeah, 100%. And, and what's interesting is Val Demings, uh, on, on one of the, the riffs that Rubio went on in, in regards to foreign policy, Val Demings she said something along, like she tried to come off as as uh, belittling, but it just didn't work. She said something along the lines of, "Oh well, well, uh, Rubio, who knows who knows so much about about foreign policy, and he's like, well, I'm on the I'm the I'm on the intelligence committee. That's my job to know this stuff. It's like, yeah. it's like, bitch, like I'm supposed to know this stuff. Like you're trying to." I think I don't know like what point she was trying to make, but it, it just it, it, he flipped it on her. It, it sounds probably like she was trying to be like, "Get off your high horse, like you know shit." And I was like, "Well, no, I'm not on my high horse. It's, this is my job." Exactly, and I take it seriously. It, exactly, and it's like he and the way that he flipped it on her is like, "Yes, there's more to American life other than everything is racist and abortion." Because that's the shit that you guys are on, you know. Yeah, he didn't say that, but like that, literally the 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 Democrats. That's what they're running on: abortion and everything is racist. And that's the thing. Again, to go back to 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 that uh, to the original question you asked, I think like that's. I, I feel like an abortion uh, issue, right? Which which in the beginning of the year, that's that was like the talk of the uh, of the year. Where it falters is like there's no again there's no denying that your your money just ain't going that far. It's, yeah. So as you struggle, right? It, it's it's like the whole uh, Paul Joseph Watson. I think maybe he coined it the, the current thing. Yeah. Everyone everyone cares about the current thing. It's like the you could care about the current thing to an extent, but you really don't care. And we've had this conversation before about how you're programmed by the news to care about the current thing. But then there's the waking up, driving to work, working hard, filling your tank, filling your tank, going to get groceries. Yes, all that. And then when you, w w by the time that it's payday again, you're like, "Fuck, I, I can't. I, I needed this." Yeah. Whereas before, you might have been like, "Oh wow, it's a little bit more comfortable. This this is cool. Like we're in a good I have spot. money for an abortion." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That's perfectly. That, that was that was perfectly put right there. That's. In a Maybe nutshell. that's why they're so worried about abortion now, because they don't have the money. Inflation <laughs> is eating the money for the abortions. Exactly. Uh, yeah, now we get it. We're sorry. We didn't realize. If somebody well, would have said that. Maybe we would have been a little bit more empathetic. Let the red to, wave resume. <laughs> but but did you see that interview? I I don't know. I don't. I can't remember what network it was on. But but Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor in in Georgia, that was so good that that should have been like a Bill Maher. A bit. <laughs> uh, the, the she was on on a network and she was asked, "What are her ideas 
to quell abortion, uh, to quell, to quell inflation a little bit. No, but it, it, it coincides because what are what are her ideas to quell inflation a little bit? And she essentially answered abortion. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I like that's that's all they know to say. That's all they know to do. That's that's all yeah. they have right now. And, and they know that 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 they're dying on that hill because, uh, they know like fuck inflation. It's fucking us up. Fuck the Saudis. They're not willing to to to, to work with us. Fuck Biden. OPEC get- is cutting production. Yeah. So 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 and and OPEC is the one who di- dictates shit. Like that you just have to so if you're not good at your foreign policy and you're not good at politicking with these people, you ain't going to win. And I I, we, I don't know, maybe support an agenda that you don't have to rely yeah. on them. And well, you know what's crazy? It just uh came to my mind. I remember when Trump was working with the Saudis and things were going great and then the whole journalist thing, right? And they were like, "Oh, you, you got to stop, you got to stop." What what happened to that? Yeah. What happened? Like I thought you guys why are you guys so worried about the Saudis now? I thought like no, don't do any business with them. Let them do whatever they're going to do. What happened? Oh yeah. You can't negotiate now, can or, you? Or or what happened to oh quid pro quo is so bad, but uh, you got reports saying that Biden told the Saudis don't cut production until after the midterms. Yeah. <laughs> what what? Which is so wild because that is an utter display of yeah, fuck the American people. Yeah. Just but let's just, you know, it's let's do some political theater so these so these motherfuckers could vote the way we need them to vote. That's what I'm trying to win. That's all I care about. We must remain in power. And so now you have Biden doing press conferences about how we're gonna tap into the oil reserves some more. Really what he's saying is fuck, we're on our way to losing this shit. And uh yeah, this is all I have. <laughs> we're gonna tap into reserves that are really meant for emergency purposes, not for your political emergencies, but I don't know, maybe if there's a war or whatever the fuck happens, that's what that's supposed to be for. Why do you think it's so hard for the Democrats to draw a line in the sand in regards to where they stand on abortion in terms of limits? For instance, Val Demings in the Marco Rubio debate, she said until the point of viability, which essentially what the, it's such a vague thing even rubio pointed it out essentially it means to like up until the point that it works for yeah. the person so mm-hmm. that could be anything uh mark kelly said well i believe in the limits of roe versus wade which roe versus wade didn't really set limits they it was just that like well abortion is legal uh Tim Ryan didn't really didn't really specify any limits. John Fetterman essentially said up until nine months. These are these are all battleground. Well, I I don't consider (coughs) Florida too much of a of a of a battleground when it comes to the Senate. But the other three, Mark Kelly in in Arizona, Tim Ryan in Ohio, and John Fetterman in in um, Pennsylvania. Those are those are battlegrounds, and all of them right now are in the toss-up column. Well, no, no, the the Ohio is lean red, but the other two they're in the toss-up column now, which yeah. we're going to talk about, you know, right now when it comes to when it comes to these numbers and stuff like that. You would think, like especially like in a place like Arizona, where it still has 
many conservatives, you would think that it would benefit them to have some sort of line in the sand. Well, they ha I mean, you should. And and I think that, that, that especially knowing that Roe v. Wade was overturned because there was no line in the sand on what, like, what is life? Yeah. So if I were a Democrat who believed in abortion, my job is to sit down and be like, well, okay, what legislation can we pass where we decide what life is when at when at what point when it comes to a human life like a baby is it is it uh obviously they're not going to go with that conception so they're going to try and debate that so okay well what 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 can you look at that that you could say okay this is the uh, before the first trimester or whatever and then go off of that and then and then and at least have something to go off of but you're just saying oh uh, well up to whenever you can so so that brings up a, a very interesting question and i was actually having a, a talk with somebody about this the other day so this is more in the philosophical realm what do you think is a more free way of what, what do you think is more conducive to freedom? The Lindsey Graham bill that says, well, we believe that abortion is cool up until 15 weeks across the board, right? Yeah. So that means that like a place that maybe was going to ban abortion completely, now they'll, they'll be able to have abortion until 15 weeks. Yeah. But then a place like California and New York, like which is almost until nine months, they're going to have to drastically reduce how long they allow abortions down to 15 weeks. But there's abortion allowed across the board, but it's limited. Yeah. Or every state do it how you want. In California, you motherfuckers want it to nine months. New York, you want it to nine months. Here in Illinois, it's almost into seven months. And everywhere else, it's a lot less. So, like, which do you think is is more conducive to freedom? I think the way the republic is designed is better state by state. I think so too. Yeah. That's that's what I was saying. Like, I think so too. But it, it's a uh, it, with the introduction of that bill that Lindsey Graham is pushing. It does pose an interesting question because in and it almost makes it where. It's an interesting strategy going forward because it's like on one hand, you can argue California is not as free anymore. Like, let's say that thing were to pass. California is not as free anymore when it comes to the issue of abortion. But like a place like Texas is more free. You get yeah. what Because it goes from 16 weeks from six weeks to 15 weeks you get what i'm saying so yeah. it's it, it, it's interesting and and maybe i don't i don't think so but maybe there was some 4d chest involved with putting that out there because you know we were all saying oh it was it was a bad strategy but one thing that i do notice is that that did give the republicans some sort of a baseline when it came to the debates and being asked about that question yeah, yeah, and even uh, I remember when Crowder had like a an abortion episode where he was asking people. 
even even his stance was like, well, I think we can agree that there is a consensus on maybe within a couple weeks. I remember him talking about it. He didn't he didn't necessarily say, oh, it should be banned. He felt like the consensus was more balanced in the sense of like within the first, you know, a couple weeks, right? Right, and and and, and so what that did for the debates, it made it where the Republicans had something to reference and lean on versus just going with the, oh, well, I'm pro-life. I don't believe abortion should be legal at all because yeah. that might be <clears throat> too extreme. So what they were able to do is be like, well, we believe that people that there should be abortion, but there should be limits. Yeah. Whereas my opponent, and because they all like clockwork, J.D. Vance did it, uh, Marco Rubio did it, Blake Masters did it. I'm sure we're gonna see Dr. Oz do it on, on um, when he goes against Fetterman this week coming up. They all pointed after they were asked about it. They all pointed, but my opponent doesn't believe in limits and it sort of flips the whole script on the yeah, Democrats. Yeah, makes them look like the extremists. Yeah, yeah, that's... that. And one thing I will say is abortion as a debate issue was not uh, a pothole for Republicans. It ended up becoming a pothole for the Democrats, which is like the number one thing that riled the Democrats up. They're like, oh, the abortion, and everything started turning, oh, man, it might go blue. And so for you to be able to survive that that little wave in the yeah. debate stage and then sway it and already debate better than the Democrats. Because mind you, we did the episode. This episode that we're doing now is episode 307. Episode 301 was titled, Is the Midterm Red Wave Turning Blue? Yeah. So that's not that long ago. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Six weeks? Yeah. Six weeks. That's a month. And a half. And a half. Like. And, and, and there's been such a drastic shift. So much of a shift that I'm going to go over a few numbers with, with uh, the audience right now. And um, we're going to see how, how bad it's looking. So right now... As of today, according to RCP, Real Clear Politics, Joe Biden's disapproval rating amongst the general public is 11.3. That's just that's just generally speaking. Yeah. Now, if you look at when Obama had, if you look at the numbers of Obama's approval rate, that means that means let, let me backtrack a little bit because it's a it's a lot to go over. So Biden's disapproval rating is 11.3. His approval rating is 42.6%. His disapproval percentage is 43.9. So uh, 53, I'm sorry. So 53.9 people percentage of the of of the electorate disapproves uh 42.6 of the electorate approve. Now and the spread of that is obviously negative 11.3. That's 42.6. Obama, when he had his, 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 his red wave that was really a red tsunami for mm -hmm. him, it didn't, get, it didn't sway the Senate, but it, 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 it was big time when it came to the, to the House. When it, come, when it came to the House, he was at 45. So Biden is like 
two and a half points under where Obama was at the time. But we still have two weeks that could change. But that's not going to yeah. change that much in two weeks. That yeah. much That much we know. And you brought up a good point. The trajectory favors the Republicans. Yeah, well, what, what it does definitely seem like right now is that the Democratic candidates, especially when it comes to the Senate, it seems like they are, they've hit their ceiling. Mm-hmm. So it's like you might have a Fetterman that's like at 47%, right? Yeah. But he's not going to do better than 47. He's hit his ceiling. So yeah. he could only go down from there. Whereas the trajectory of Oz has been soaring. So you don't know what that potential is. And that's a bef- before the debate. The, the and that's then that and, and that's very yeah. very good point. That is before the debate. And, and I mean, Oz is going to have the upper hand in that the, regard. The, that debate, what what I've seen is that, especially in 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 this election cycle, a good debate seems like it can shift things within a week. It can shift things in in the polling, like at least two points. Yeah, yeah. So if Oz right now going into the debate is pretty much neck and neck. And he does good. We could see him get a point or two off of the debate, which if he's able to pull off Pennsylvania, which would be a feat in itself, because remember the craziness, all of the anomalies with Philadelphia in the 2020 election. But if Oz is able to pull it off with Pennsylvania, it's only going to be by a point. It's not going to be by much. It's only going to be by about a point or so. I does this like I'm. This is my shit. So so it's only going to be by a point or so. So it's it's going to be a feat. That's going to be it's going to be that's going to be crazy. And so we'll see we'll see how how this how this debate goes. Reminds me of the water boy. Uh The 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 mud dog is going to win this much uh, by twenty one seventeen. Is oh wow that's a good prediction. Is that. That's not a prediction. That is what, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so when he wins by one point, that's what you're going to say. I told you. <laughs> so another thing is that I think is very important for people to realize is Biden's approval rating amongst independents. So the numbers that I just previously went over, those were the numbers when it comes to the general electorate. Likely voters. A- amongst amongst independents, though. So that was generally speaking, you know, uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats, independents, which are typically the ones that swing an election. Yeah. You got, according to a YouGov Yahoo poll, he's down 33% with independents, according to that poll, negative 33. According to New York Times, negative 30. According to Manmouth, negative 25. According to Emerson, negative 37. And according to Civics, negative 32. According to YouGov Economist, negative 31. And according to Political, negative 26. Out of all of those, it's all in the 30s with the exception of two. That is bad. That If, if these numbers hold... It is going to be, I don't know, easily 230 seats in the House, easy. Yeah. And if that holds, I'm willing to change my Senate prediction from 51 to 52. Uh, okay. 53 would be lovely. I still don't. I still don't see it. I, I think. 
But some people, I, some some places are RCP has yeah. it at fifty three right now. They yeah. believe they believe that. My thing is, I'm I'm scared because we we've we, we've seen we've seen Tide and and we've seen with, with Pennsylvania. <laughs> we've seen Tide and Oz ahead ahead in very few polls, but we're starting to see polls where he's tied. In Georgia, we've seen Walker tied. Yeah. And he did really good in his debate. In Arizona, we have not seen a lot of tied. We still have mostly Blake Masters down by one. Yeah. But who knows how much that could change in, again, two weeks. That's going to be close, too. That's also probably going to be by, like, a point or so in Arizona. Yeah. And, and a lot of them, they again, that independent... That the independence on Biden uh, poll, it, it shows that like the Republicans leaning on linking the Democrat with Biden. Great tactic. It's like the best tactic you could do. Great like, tactic. Because you know that he's not popular, so you could get some votes. You know that he's not popular, and and he's been fucking shit up. He's yeah, been fucking yeah. shit up. So like you point to the senator who's voted with Biden. To add 87,000 IRS agents. You point to the center that's voted with Biden not to secure the border. Yeah. You you point to the 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 senator that's voted with Biden to to do all of this crazy spending. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You vote you 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 point to the senator that's that's um uh he didn't vote on it because Biden did some 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 stuff that he doesn't even really have the authority to do. But you point to the senator that's agreed with the notion of Biden canceling student loan debt the way that that he's done, which is interesting right now, because before we go into the next segment, the idea that the student loan debt, I don't know if you saw a federal. Appeals oh, yeah. Court halted it. Yeah. Which <laughs> I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, it was Clay Travis from Outkick not that long ago that said that he thought that the whole thing was like political theater. He, he, if I'm not mistaken, it was him. He said that it's not going to pass. It's not going to go through. And they're just using this as a way to give voters. It's going to get shot down in the courts and the Democrats know it. They're just, they're just playing the role. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Because I, I remember you and I had a phone conversation about this. I think they want to keep that issue alive because it's something that they can use to keep making promises that they're not going to fill. Well, yeah, because 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 if you pass it, the, yeah, if you pass it, how many people are right on the brink of like, let's say there's people out there that owe like twelve thousand dollars in student loan debt, yeah. or the ones that are going to get twenty thousand dollars. Let's say there's people out there that owe like twenty two thousand dollars in student loan debt. Yeah. They get the ten thousand dollars cleared or the twenty thousand dollars cleared. And that two thousand remaining dollars, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna pay it, knock it out, and I'll be done with it. Yep. That's that many people on the next election cycle. You can't promise to clear their student loan debt. Yeah, it's like you kind of have them by the balls when you leave the student loan debt active. Once you yeah. cancel it, well, they they may not need you anymore. That they may be a single issue voter. There's plenty of single issue voters out there. Yeah. That's a, that's what Obama did with the the DACA recipients. Yeah. He's like, all right, cool. We'll do this little bit, and then we'll stop and we'll forget about them. And then when it came to go against Romney, oh hey, remember? 
hey, I'm going to do this. I didn't forget about you guys. Oh, and then, and then when he won, he forgot again. And so that's a tactic the left uses all the time. So moving on to the next segment, I uh, sent you an article yesterday from USA Today. Um, the subject is voting and the economy. And people are saying they don't have faith in the system. Soaring housing costs have renters mulling how they'll vote in the midterms. And essentially, the gist of the article is some lifelong Democrats are surprised and upset that the Democrats have let them down because where the rents are soaring is in predominantly Democrat cities. Yeah. Well, most cities are Democrat, and those are where the rents are soaring the most, and they feel let down, so much to the point where these people are having to downgrade the way they live, so on and so forth. What'd you get from when you read the article? What'd you take away from it? I got that, like, critical thinking isn't a thing to, to, to lifelong Democrats, because there she specifically one of the people that was part of the article like the being interviewed she said i'm a lifelong democrat and like i feel like voting for either or is like the same thing um you're a lifelong democrat they have failed you time and time again the one side you should be like oh fuck them is the democrats like you can't say all the it's one and the same you have to switch it up because it's not working and you live in a city and you're the one that's being downgraded and and, and we're seeing that this too because we're we're from a big city and like I've never in my life that, that I've lived I've never seen so many and I mention this all the time because it's just crazy like you go downtown by the parks there's there's tents everywhere homelessness is is a thing obviously um, and then you look at the rent prices and it's like, well, shit, <laughs> I guess that's why, right? And so this is this is how a Democrat-run city looks like. Uh, you go to San Francisco, same thing. You go to L.A., same thing. I don't know about New York, but New York ain't doing so great. It's been, it's been going downhill, too. So, so I mean, I, I don't think you need any more evidence that the people you're voting for are not getting it done. Perhaps get rid of them. What I found interesting about the article was, the, I, and, and I guess in a way I've always known it, but I've never thought about it, the idea of how m- much of a percentage more homeowners vote than renters. Oh, yeah. It's a stark difference. And that's interesting because I feel like out of our group of friends... You and I have been the ones that are most concerned about politics and the country, culture, the way things are going from a very young age, before we owned anything, before we had anything. <coughs> but the majority of our friends, I, I, I can recall vividly them sort of looking at us having those conversations and just like not understanding why we're having those conversations or why we yeah. care about those things or whatever the case I remember vividly our friends boasting about, oh, we just voted for Obama. We voted to keep Obama in office. 
And I remember vividly us telling them, like, well, why are you actively voting against your own self-interest? Yeah. Movies. But what's interesting about it is a lot of those same people now, because they might own homes, they think so differently. Well, yeah, because we, we actually take the time. I took a... Maybe I didn't take a video. I was trying to take a picture of uh, like you know like the percentages of of what you're pay- what you would have paid before for like for a mortgage and what you would pay now you know you, what would have cost a thousand two hundred what is now two thousand yeah that's six hundred that's a eight hundred dollars difference yeah. oh yeah eight hundred dollars difference like that's that's a lot of money that's a car note and then some yeah and so that you know the same house so. There's no way people are going to buy houses. So so now you're slowing down the housing market. Uh, the people that do buy... It's bolstering the rental market. Exactly. So now the rental market is high. That's It's astronomical. Um, we've already established inflation is a thing. And we've established that like the interest rates aren't getting lower anytime soon. As a matter of fact, this month, they're going up another 75 points. Yeah. So... It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. And this is why we talked about this stuff. We didn't talk about it because it's just nice. It's the it thing or because we sound smart. No, it's because numbers matter. Politics matter. And if you don't know how to lead a, a, a state, if you don't know how to lead a county, if you don't know how to lead a country, this is what you get. You get you get $800 more for this. You get $200 more for that. You get... Uh, um, anything that you that you go to the grocery store for, you're paying a, a way way more marked up price, and there's just no way to live. And so now, you're you're screwed on both sides because you could be like, well, I'm not going to buy a house right now because you know the houses are too expensive and the interest rates are high, but you ain't doing any much better because now you have to rent. <laughs> you know, like, and this is during the time like when when things were good in Chicago, a studio apartment. Downtown was like easily fifteen hundred. Yeah, I don't even want to know what the fuck it is now. Yeah, but easily renting a studio, apartment downtown, like West Loop, South Loop, anywhere in the downtown area, you're paying bare minimum fifteen hundred. Like, so I remember back then we were like, wow, that's that's kind of high. I, again, it's and it's went up since then. So yeah, no, like people, people are definitely gonna feel it, and that's just the unit. That's not the 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 HOA. Yeah. <laughs> so then you start adding out this stuff. It's like you you be it starts becoming an unlivable situation, especially, you know, adding the factor that most people really don't do a good job with financial planning. So then that becomes a thing, right? That becomes a problem. Because what you what before you could have got away with now it's like fuck, all the gaps that I used to have, all the little leeway I used to have on the financial side now that that's gone. Yeah. So now I really am living on, you know, like I got to budget myself, and so. And, and what's interesting about the article is that it doesn't really say that those people that feel like they lost faith in the system are gonna. S- switch sides but it definitely makes it seems like they won't vote exactly and which i mean that's 
you probably shouldn't anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be just honest. might sound harsh. It might sound like, wow, you're a piece of shit, RX Vice. But, like, no, it's the truth. Like, if you really don't understand these concepts, you don't understand how you get to this point, you ought not to vote. Yeah, I agree. Stay your ass at home and, and live your life. The, I mean, the way you live it, and you're gonna keep complaining, but you're also not gonna switch sides and just stay home, and you're, you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> so moving on to the few little headlines circulating. We don't know how true it is. That'll be crazy if it's true. The idea that the Biden administration is considering halting Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter because of national security reasons um if that isn't the most just crazy rationale well well well, we've known what we've seen now already and 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 we've seen it time and time again with the left is they will declare anything a, a compromise to security a compromise to health a compromise to democracy if it doesn't coincide with what <laughs> they want. Yeah. Yeah. Health, democracy, security, everything everything is 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 jeopardizes those things. Yeah. Elon Musk buying Twitter, national security. Now, obviously we know that the big thing they're worried about is Trump will come back. Yeah. Like that's that's the biggest thing that they're yeah. they're worried about. Now, do you think, would you put it past them that they are looking at it like as a national security threat? Or you think I, that- I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. Remember, even though it, it ended up not happening, this was this was the administration that wanted to have. What was it? A, 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 a disinformation czar or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, th- this is this is the administration of that. Like, these are the people that think that there's such a thing as wrong think. Like, oh, the, you shouldn't think like this. You can't think like this. So, yeah, you think about this Twitter takeover by Musk, which is supposed to be happening. It's supposed to be finalized within the next week, which, like, what another gut punch to the left. The idea, like, right before the the midterms like you might have a bunch of people that were banned just like coming out of the woodwork that and then also um it would be a a a huge it would be a huge win given the fact that paypal just got on that shit like um well a couple weeks ago maybe a week ago where like if you have literally wrong think in in their eyes they they'll cut your shit like they'll cut and they'll find you you. and they'll find you and it's like this is this is dangerous rhetoric and a, da- a dangerous uh, precedent to set because it's like, and it's very real because if you look back at when Andrew Tate got banned, he was interviewed. I forgot what interview it was. He was talking about how like Uber cut ties with him, Lyft cut ties with him, uh, PayPal cut ties with him, like companies that didn't even like have anything like that they're a service they're not supposed like what what do you care what he he does like this is just like a a a customer yeah but like it shows how scary it can be to rely on all these platforms the way that we do and it where it becomes kind of second nature to use this stuff and like to live by this stuff if there's a red wave the republicans 
better get busy with that stuff. Yeah. Like, they have to. And the face of that would be DeSantis because out of all the Republicans in the last two years that, that's been, well, actually more, that's been getting busy when it comes to that, it's been DeSantis. He's literally been at the forefront of that. So, like, and, and he's not talk. He's action. So, that that's why I respect the man. Um on a multitude of levels, but that's mainly the number one thing that I'd like for him to kind of keep pushing for is like, nah, now that we took over, now that we're here, it's time to go ham. Like, like uh season finale of Boardwalk Empire ham or, yeah. or Godfather ham. Like, nah, we're going to put an end to this shit, put an end to that they shit. They definitely need to start certain like, like big tech committees, investigate, yeah. subpoena these people, like, how is it that this person can say all this like wild stuff? Like the other day, I saw I saw a video, I saw I saw a video of on Twitter of a transgender naked on stage playing musical instruments with his genitalia. No. That's on. They allow that on Twitter, but Kanye can't say DefCon three, which is if if you know what DefCon three, it's just like uh. How did Pierce Morgan call it? A heightened sense of awareness. It's yeah. not even like it, it. It sounds like if you just you you just hear it and not know what it is. Yeah. It sounds like it's harsher than what it really is. So yeah. you could get you could get suspended for saying, "Oh, I'm gonna have a heightened sense of awareness when it comes to certain people and the business dealings with yeah. those people." But you could have like some naked guy just doing whatever, and that's cool though. Debauchery is cool. Critical thinking is not. And that that's where that's where we're at with with this, and it's like, well, shit. <laughs> the the remnants of of all this shit have shown, like, within the last eight years, like we've seen how it gets. We've been in the field for how it gets. Like, part part of me thinks like that that this is by design, like the way the left wants to operate. All right, keep 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 poking pride and keep poking pride. All right, cool. George Floyd protests, lootings, really. Let's like city on fire, <laughs> city on fire, city on fire, city on fire. Uh, the 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 border. Oh, motherfuckers can come through. Fuck it. It's like it seems that it's by design. And so when someone dares to ask or dares to question, oh, is a threat to national security. If someone says, oh, well, let's not ban people for, for, for their ideas. Like, let's let them talk. Obviously, there's extreme limits. You know, like, th th there's extremities that you're not supposed to put on these social medias, and that's fine. Everyone, I think everyone would agree have certain things be blocked, but that's not what's happening because, like you said, transgender with his dick out. That That's totally normal, right, on Twitter. Yeah. And, 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 and that's like... There's porn on Twitter, but but they're fucking Andrew Tate or or Kanye West or Jordan Peterson questions some of it, and oh, banned, 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 banned. Or if you have questions about the election, you're an election denier. You're a threat to democracy. Yeah. It's crazy. I ask about about the jab and how like the person, one of the people, uh, I forget what. what they were like one of the main uh, people pushing the jab thing. Oh no, it's gonna work. I'm I'm five times jabbed, and we're good. And now you have the Ronskis, and it's like, ah, oh, well, what happened to like it works? It doesn't work. Now, if you say that though, 
oh, all right. misinformation. Misinformation. You'll get the little tag saying this might be misinformation. Is it? No, it's not misinformation. It's the fucking truth because we you can't hide the truth, and we're all looking at it in real time. So like, it's not like how, how many times you're gonna say it's misinformation when people like are clearly seeing it doesn't work. Yeah, you know. So so like all these all these triple quadruple. <laughs> jabbed up people like you're still getting rona you're still you're still getting sick what was the point of it this is controversial now like what we're saying this is controversial that's scary <laughs> that's what it is it's scary we start saying oh well wait a minute pronouns what what is this shit oh homophobe transphobe ban him take the tweet off Take the tweet off, or you're not gonna get your Twitter back. What? What? Up yours, you woke moralist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our answer to them. So it's like this is why Elon Musk buying Twitter is so huge because like huge. It's not even that he's taking a side. He's just saying let motherfuckers talk. Yeah. Let's get it in. Yeah. Let's these ideas roll in. Don't stop one side. Like, cause I would be a, I would be on the left side. If the right became like so extreme where they were like just blocking leftists, oh, left and right, I'd be like, oh, fuck that shit. I'm not with that. I'm not with that. Just like Bill Maher is with the left. That's how I would be with, with the right because I'm not with that just because it favors me. I'm, I'm with that because, no, nah, let motherfuckers talk on the left, on the right. Who has the best ideas? Yeah, who has the best ideas? Let it let it go. Let's get, let's get in the ring. And, and... What you're what you're seeing is the Democrats have gotten into this bubble where they think like, oh, if we just float with with the way we've set the atmosphere, we'll be good. But then what you're seeing time and time again with these debates is like when you get thrown in, you're no really, critical thinking, no critical yeah. thinking. You just have like lame ass little regurgitated lines that you practiced, but you really couldn't preach. And what's happening with the Republican candidates and why, why the what was turning into a blue wave is turning red now is like the Republicans know what they stand on, why they stand on it. They know some people ain't gonna like it. Oh well, this is what I am. This is what this is what I'm well, bringing. That, that's like we pointed out in last week's episode, where Warnock wouldn't say if he would support Biden, but but uh, Walker said, yeah, I would support Trump if he ran yeah. again. That's a, a clear-cut example of that. Is like you spend so much time in your echo chamber, like you said, giving regurgitated answers, making sure that you 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 uh, include enough of like the trendy, fashionable buzzwords and 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 topics of you know is this racism? Is this not racism? Women's right health women's health care it's threatened all of this stuff like it's like oh it's like well, you gotta in this debate you gotta make sure you say racism 15 times uh a threat to women's health care 15 times choice 15 like you that's what they're worried yeah. about versus like real solutions and real ideas and the second that there'll be a platform because the thing with parlor and truth social and even gab is that there's predominantly like right-wing people on those. Yeah. So the minute that there will be a forum 
where the left and right can speak equally. Yeah. It could potentially, if these reports are true, be a threat to national security. Come yeah. on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, one question. Let's say once the midterms pop off, let's say Republicans take power, what's the first line of business? What do you think you, is the number one thing? You set up you set up a House committee uh, with Senate oversight for big tech. So now it's like everything. We're going we're going after everything. Even even though I don't think like I, I haven't heard any cases of like the right wing uh platforms doing this, but even if a right wing platform starts banning left wing people, right. you get at them too. Like, well, why can this person be on your platform saying this and, and not that? Then you draw up a bill. Granted, the president is not gonna sign that bill. But you show the American people that we we plan on on fighting this. Who do you reference to to draw up that bill? Vivek Ramaswamy, who wrote Woke Inc. That book has all the answers. If you want to fight big tech censorship and do it from a legal standpoint, not because don't do it from the standpoint, oh, we don't like this, we don't feel good about this. No, 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 no. He has all of the arguments. I mean. It's so thorough of like how he 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 uh, makes the case that wokeism is very much like a religion, and he even goes off of the tenets the tenets of religion. Like I'll give you an example. Like there's there's one particular segment where he talks about how amongst Christians we are all considered at the baseline we're all considered sinners amongst christians that's yes. the baseline yeah. and it's like your job to essentially work your way out of that and find redemption throughout your life that's that's like a tenet of christianity yeah if you look at the wokesters Amongst them, everybody is racist right off the bat. The baseline is everybody is racist and you have to prove to us that you're not racist. Yeah. That's a that that's exactly parallel with the tenets of that religion. So yes. and he goes, he 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 takes a bunch of those principles and he draws them out and he says how a person shouldn't be able to be fired. Like for instance, he gives a case a, a case of like how a person worked at a plant that started making weapons and they were a Jehovah's Witness. And so he didn't want to get a new job, but he felt like the 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 job, the current task that he was doing went against his beliefs. So they found him something else to do in the yeah. same like field, but like they found him something else to do. Yeah. And so because essentially the court determined you can't just fire this man without yeah. trying to make some sort of like accommodation for his religion and also you also can't just like just like there's a a standard and he can't push his religion on you you also can't push your religion on him. And that's the same thing what he was saying, like with woke companies. Yeah. So like, for instance, like, like, let's say like, like a baker is like a Christian and he's trying to push his values on, on an employee that, that is not on that. 
Yeah. He doesn't have the right to do that. No, he doesn't have the right no. to do that. So Vivek Ramaswamy, he makes the case that a woke company shouldn't have the right to push wokeism on their employee. Yeah, you know, true. like how James Damore got fired for Google for pretty much writing a a a, 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 a report saying that yes, men and women are different, and they fired from they fired him for that. Yeah. So like stuff like that. So. That's that's one thing that that the Republicans that the Republicans need to do. Another thing is, I don't know how much power they would have over this whole eighty-seven thousand IRS agent thing, but at least they need to make it very clear and vocalize to the American people that they don't rock with it. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, essentially at this point, it's just gridlocking Biden. Like they're gonna yeah. they're gonna reduce Biden to just being uh. Well, executive order president, but yeah, being like, able like to Obama. really pass anything, he's not going to be able to pass anything. But they can start a lot mm-hmm. of committees and get as greasy as the left was with Trump. Get that greasy with Biden. We're investigating your son. Yeah. We're investigating you. You might be impeached. All of that yeah. stuff. I'm not saying they necessarily have to impeach him. Well, I mean, necessarily, yeah. but it, 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 but like. Start talking like you might go down that route. They got to get like super greasy, and then, and then, um, you know, we'll see what the atmosphere is like in two years. Yeah, but but they can they can gridlock him. Yeah, they can gridlock Biden. I mean, the economy is not looking great, and it's going, it's trending down. And so, with them taking over, it's like, well, now that's your baby, Biden. And so, let's say in the two years, let's say the Republicans win. And in two years, Biden does so bad, it, it it's almost like the whole, you know how when Bush was president, everyone, like just saying Bush was just bad for business. Yeah. Uh, it'll be saying Biden or saying oh, anyone that fucks with him, that's bad business. So let's say a Republican president. Do you do you see any missed opportunities during the, the, the Trump presidency? That, that looking back, you're like, wow. This motherfucker really did sleep on this. The Republicans slept on this. That you'd like for them to kind of revisit and square away. If there's a Republican president, yeah, like let's say the Senate, the right. The House. So, so the, you're saying 2022 red wave Senate House, and then 2000. Fast forward to 2024, and now there's the House, Senate, and the presidency all red. Yeah. Like, what should the Republicans do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, first off, there's no more not building the wall because you motherfuckers wanted to pass Build Back Better. So originally their argument was the wall was too expensive. Yeah. But y'all were willing to pass Build Back Better. So all of that, like Trump or whoever the Republican president is at that time, there's no more playing nice about that. No more politics. We're building the wall. Because that yeah. was Trump's issue. Like you had you had the the Republican Senate and the House. And you were like, well, you know, I want to, I understand it's your first time in Washington. You don't know how it is. But at this point, fuck that. We're we're building the wall. The wall is getting built instantaneously. I would at that point also, um, uh, energy independence, like we definitely have to go for that. Now, am I saying halt or encumber the growth? of 
clean energy or electric. No, I'm not saying encumber it. I'm yeah. just saying open it up. May the best man win. If if somehow coal comes out with some sort of innovation, let coal ride. Like yeah. whatever whatever we got. Also, I would consider if we want to really get greasy when it comes to energy independence. I know like the 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 eco people they don't like this. And even a lot of people, not just the eco people don't like this, but I do think that there's great potential in it is nuclear. I, I think like like in 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 Blake Masters uh debate and, and that's what's so great about coming from the tech it's world. It's actually very clean and, and efficient. It's just dangerous. You know, yeah. it can be dangerous, you know. Yeah. But 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 uh Blake Masters in his debate with with Mark Kelly he was talking about how I don't know what river it is, but it's a freshwater source that a lot of that region of the United States gets their water from, including California. And he's saying, you know, Mark Kelly is playing so nice with California and they're taking our water and, you know, that that reserve is depleting. He's like, which what I don't know why. And again, that's what's great about these tech guys. He's like, what I don't know why is why we don't have a desalinization <clears throat> plant on the west coast yeah. to take the salt out of the water using nuclear energy yeah. you, you know what i'm saying so it's like now you don't in that whole region of the united states you don't have any worries about water anymore yeah and and nuclear energy is powered by nuclear energy yeah so i i, I like I, I like innovative ideas like that at that point, uh, also, if there's any bills that have been drawn up the, from the, the the Republicans in terms of big tech and things like that, he definitely needs to sign that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like economic policy, you pretty much gotta like you I really have to do is like follow what Trump did. Yeah. Um, and I think what what you do is follow what Trump did when it comes to when it comes to foreign policy. It'll get, be a lot get, harder. Get busy. Yeah. Get busy with China. Don't get too involved in other countries. But if they step out of line, do what you got to do, and then we can start worrying about about other things. Um, yeah, all of that will be harder because at that point, who knows where the world would be? Yeah. We could be in World War Three at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's inching towards it, and then and then like we were reading reports that that China by the end of the year will go for Taiwan. Now if that cha if that does happen foreign policy is a lot more complicated. Big time. But I think I think I think our what's good right now when it comes to foreign policy is the idea that and I truly believe this I I believe the only reason China hasn't made a move is cuz they're not in the best place ec economically. Oh yeah. Because otherwise, I just don't understand strategically why not. Why wouldn't you do it now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, like, we would have to see what happens with that. And then what I will say is next go round, if, you know, things work out the way that you, the way that you uh, uh, hypothesized, then also... Once the economy gets strong and things start getting better, I would be okay with the idea of the Fed bumping up interest rates as things get better. Because yeah. I thought that was like a miss. Well, we see that now. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But we see that 
interest rates really started should have started going up like late 2018 early 2019 because that would have quelled a lot of the inflation that we see now and then um you know i've you and i've talked about this on the show before i think I, I think the idea of like crypto and everything, we we don't really know where that's going to go. We don't know how much faith people will have in it by the time 24 rolls around. So, and, and, and because it would be such a complicated thing to overhaul everything, I think what would be a good idea is for us to kind of get back to like, the 80s where it comes to like our dealings with cash where there's not a lot of like questions asked about cash yeah because i think what you what, what you end up doing then and that would be essentially to make that happen is you you would have to like essentially get rid of the irs but but what, what you would what you would do at that point is like you would really unlock the power of the economy without having to overhaul this system because i do like the idea of like a deflationary currency like crypto i like the idea of it and i think the philosophy of that could be the future (coughs) but as you and i have talked about plenty of times must be developed huh it must be developed it has to be developed we don't know how much people are gonna adopt it we don't know how much people are gonna trust in it we don't know how much we can trust in it because they say it's deflationary but we don't really know if it is like we don't we don't know any of that stuff so my thing is like well let's the how about instead of like a total overhaul let's make some ramifications to let's make some uh renovations rather to the system that we have now um but yeah that's that's some of the things that i would like to see um but that's like looking like far into the future yeah the first things first i would like to see oz destroy fetterman in this <laughs> yep. debate i would like at least 51 senators if we could get 52 53 make it romney proof that would be beautiful um a house 230 plus and then start getting busy with the things that I mentioned earlier, you know, for this year and then go from there. Hell yeah. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify. Give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.